The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The air was crisp today. I mean, that was something that, you know, I I didn't walk out into the the sweltering heat. that was a nice changeup, and I know it's coming, but that was a nice changeup today. I woke up and saw some deer in the backyard. Um, you know, it was almost out of like a Disney movie or something. Ryan Fitzpatrick, team number nine. What is it with these ultra tight OTA jerseys? I, I noticed Sam Darnold's look like a schmedium and. Fitzpatrick with the tight jersey. I, you know, well, I, I don't know. You, you have you two, tell me. You have two choices, like as a quarterback, in my opinion, right? Like, and you can go for the 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 baggy, like I, you know, I can just kind of move and feel free and just like swimming in this shirt, throwing the football, or you can go for I don't want anything to be moving and just feel a part of me, right? Like I'm wearing a tight fit, you know, Nike dry fit shirt or something like that. And I think that's where players, especially quarterbacks, have kind of come to the last few years. You see less of even during the game, right? Those jerseys that are like kind of had the baggy shoulders on quarterbacks. You see a lot of quarterbacks now, they wear the tight ones because they just want to feel like, hey, nothing's moving. It's all together with me. I would imagine that's kind of the thought right, right now, Mike. I always thought the analysis was fairly simple. The quarterbacks who had small or no bicep muscles to speak of would wear the baggy jersey yeah, right, that would cover right, them up, right. and the guys who had some guns would wear the shorter there sleeves. Some That's truth what to I that. thought the litmus test was. There is some truth to that. There's no, there's no doubt about that, let alone, I think, like, you know, wearing a tighter type shirt is maybe a little more in style altogether in the fashion world right now. But uh, that used to be the general rule. But but I, I feel like, you know, what I was talking about is maybe kind of overtaken that a little bit. 
By the way, since I assume Pete is very proud of this observation, I'll share it with you. Fitzpatrick spent his last four years in Tampa and in Miami, so the swamp-ass factor has dropped significantly for him now that he's in Washington. Oh, oh. Well researched, Pete. Very well done. Seriously, that's why That's why he's talking about that Chris Bear. I'm sure, I mean, that's real. And I can remember, you know, I went from Texas to Tampa, and I can remember going to Tennessee and being there in the fall and being like, oh, my gosh. Here's a little fresh air, some cool air, and the swamp ass thing is a real thing. I he's 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 gotten lots of wet balls and everything else uh, in more ways the last than one. few years. Yeah, more. So yes, multiple wet balls uh, on occasion. <laughs> Let's on that happy note look at the Washington football team. Bigger picture, you and I both like what they've done this year via free agency in the draft. They are not the favorites via our friends at points bet to win the division. The Cowboys still are. We've made the point recently. There's now three games that vary. And because they won the division, the Washington football team has a tough draw for those three games. They get the Bills. They get the Packers. They get the Seahawks. Whereas the other teams in the division have lesser opponents from those same divisions. Quarterback. Hey, look. Ryan Fitzpatrick, great story. Been around forever. Went to Harvard, if you haven't heard. Fitz magic. It's great. But, you know, every time he does another one of those special things, like throwing a, a, a pass that sets up a field goal to win a game while his head's being twisted off of his body, we, we forget about the fact that he has some moments that cause you to say, this guy went to Harvard? Yeah. So um, you got to be ready for that if you're a fan of the WFT this year. There's going to be plenty of WTF with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, yes, you have to be aware of that. There is a gunslinger aspect of Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no doubt. I'll say this in defending that a little bit. It has been wilted away the last few years. I will say that. You know, I do think it's been more Fitz magic than Fitz tragic. You know, I, I do think he's actually played a, a – you know, a smarter brand of football, you know, when he was in Miami and even towards even towards his end, you know, at the Jets and things like that. So, hey, the numbers here, they kind of show you he's being a little smarter with the football. But the big thing is, Mike, to like what you said, you know, they've done a good job, this team. He doesn't need to be, you know, Superman here. They got a lot of good players and he's got good receivers and a pretty good offensive line and everything like that to where if he's smart with that defense, he do, he should never hit Fitz Tragicville this year. It should be smart and be conservative to a degree because of the team he's got around him. I just almost feel like with him, when he authors these magical moments, yeah. he develops a level of confidence that crosses over into hubris that right. causes him to do dumb things. Yeah. And that's human nature. I'm not being critical. I'm just trying to understand how this works. You make some great plays, so you suddenly think – you can make great plays all the time. My very limited experience on a golf course taught me that. Hey, that's a good shot. All right, let's, let's, let's go hit it even harder this time. Plunk right into the water. And I think that that, that can affect a guy. When you think you're, you're firing on all cylinders and yeah. you think you're in the zone, you push it a little too far and you push yourself right out of the zone. Yes, it, it's, it's a, a fine line he has struggled to, to meet. And, and do that with. He has definitely had moments of his career where you go, dude, what the hell are you doing? Your arm is not Brett Favre. You can't fit that ball in there. 
You know, what, what? why are you throwing that? Why are you making that decision? No doubt about it. But like I said, I do think it's been reined in. And, you know, he's found the fine line of being aggressive and taking advantage of when there's aggressive, explosive plays there to be had and kind of dialing it back and not taking as many chances. Hopefully that can continue in Washington. Ron Rivera, I saw, made a quote last week, though. You know, we got all this talent on offense, so the quarterback doesn't have to feel like he has to do too much. I felt like he was speaking directly to Ryan Fitzpatrick with that. Like, don't be Johnny Gunslinger. We got awesome receivers, pretty good running backs, a good tight end. We don't need you forcing a ball into quadruple coverage, you know, down the middle of the football field. That comment actually was from yesterday. Oh, and let's was it yesterday? Hear it for ourselves. I, I think it was because yeah. that's the next sound that we're going right. to hear from <laughs> Washington coach Ron Rivera. You know, it's interesting because the styles are similar, but the players are different, obviously. Um, you know, one of the positions we relied on so heavily was quarterback in Carolina. Um, in terms of, of, of our entire offense here, we don't necessarily have to rely on the quarterback because we've got, you know, we, we do have a lot of good weapons uh, around our QB position. So um, this is a bit, a little bit different for, for me as I study it and look at it and watch our guys. Um, but it's good to see the type of personnel we have. You know, I, I thought we improved and we improved at receiver. We improved at tight end. We improved at running back. You know, again, one of the goals that you you know you want to do when you, you talk about your offense every year is you want to make sure you can protect your quarterback and you have playmakers around them. And and I feel this year is, is a different group of guys, but I feel we're in better position than we were last year. Uh, this is the natural transition for a head coach who had nine years of Superman, and now he's got Jimmy Olsen back there playing quarterback. You got to make it work with what you have. And until you stumble into another Cam Newton in his prime or before his prime as a first overall pick, you, you're not going to have the quarterback be the guy that you lean on. But you know what? There was something revealing in that comment. Yes, yeah, say it. And I think this is one of, the, one of the reasons why Cam Newton was injured all the time. Exactly. We've got the – he, here's they our guy. This us. is our guy. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to ride him right. until he falls apart. And you know what? He's going to keep falling apart if you do that. And we, we don't have that – We he, he admitted the talent wasn't that great around him. So they had to ride him hard. They had to do things, everything based around him, you know. And, again, that's – yeah, it hurt Cam Newton and maybe his pantheon of how he's looked at as an elite quarterback or those type of things. But, yeah, I thought that was a telling – you know, a telling comment by Ron Rivera, basically admitting that there wasn't a ton of talent around Cam Newton on the offensive side of the ball, and they had to ride him Let, and his talents. Let's throw them all in the same bucket. Yeah. The running backs, receivers, and tight ends. Where do they rank relative to the teams they're competing with to try to win the NFC East for the second straight year? Well, man, you know, I think you can look at it and just, you know, it, it's, it's pretty good because, of course, we know – all those teams in the NFC East have improved kind of their wide receiver position. Dallas not, but they didn't need to. But, I, you know, in my heart of hearts here, wow, this is a tough one. I mean, we know Dallas has the best receivers and a pretty damn good running back. So they're going to be towards the top of that conversation. The Giants have the potential to be, you know, but I think it's potential. It's like Evan Ingram's got to be better. Saquon can be healthy, you know. Can Darius Slayton still be good? And how good is Kenny Galladay going to be? I, I think Washington's sneaky towards the top here. I really do. You know me. I'm very bullish on Washington. You know, the fact that it's McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. I thought Adam Humphreys is a nice signing. 
They got Diami Brown, who I think is Terry McLaurin 2.0, can fly. So I think it's it's towards the top half of football, certainly, with the potential to be better than that, which is some young kind of unproven commodity still showing their way. Yeah, I'm surprised that you would put them ahead of the Cowboys, though. No, because, I don't know if I would. I think it's I, I might yeah. give the Cowboys one and them right on their heels at two. Okay. I think that's the way I'd probably look at it. And I think the difference between the two teams is the defense. The Cowboys clearly a yes. work in progress at best. The Washington defense, sneaky great. Has the potential, Chris, to be among the best in the league this year, you think? I do. I mean, I, I think you and I, we were amazed at what they did last year. You know, also, I think another year in the system where Jack Del Rio can maybe, you know, be a little bit more creative and maybe certain things and change it up. They were pretty basic. You know, they didn't even have to trick it up last year. But the defense got better with a first-round linebacker in Davis out of Kentucky who can fly around the field. That was a huge need for their football team. They needed to improve at corner. We, you know, they went out and, and got William Jackson, in my opinion, one of the best free agent corners out there. Landon Collins will be back healthy and, and playing this year, who got hurt last year. So they made that defense better, in my opinion. And they had a few injuries on the defensive line last year, too, that hurt their depth a little bit. So I look at Washington's defense and go, watch out. Like, there's no doubt they're going to be top five in football. And, yeah, they have the potential to be, like, special, special number one good, uh, at least from, you know, what we saw last year and the, and the guys on this roster. Well, what do you uh, think? Do you think they're going to be dominant, like kick, kick, butt, or do they fall in the trap and take a step back or something like that on the defensive side of the ball? Schedule's not easy. Yeah. Schedule's not easy. They play all the teams uh, from the AFC West and all the teams from the NFC South. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, they've got those final five games against division rivals. It's going to come down to that. And I think – it was Howard Katz or Mike North that addressed that not that long ago, the idea that, that hey, we know this division is going to be tight, and that's one of the reasons why they clustered all those Washington games against Cowboys and Eagles and Giants to end the season. Because, look, you could have two or three wins going into those last five games and still be in contention to run the table and win the division. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, it's all going to be at play there. And I think none of us look at any of the teams in the NFCs and just think, oh, juggernaut, this team's going to run away with the division. So, yeah, I, I would agree with those thoughts. But you're right. It is a, it is a tough schedule. It really is. It's not going to be easy out of the gates. And that's where Fitzpatrick is going to have to be smart and the defense is going to have to be special. But, I mean, I would expect Chase Young to take a step in the right direction. You know, Montez Sweat, he had more sacks than Chase Young last year. He was really damn good. He didn't get a lot of credit because of Chase Young. We didn't talk about him. But, man, they're stacked on that side of the ball. Washington's one of those teams where I look at, like, I know they were in the playoffs last year, but they have the potential to kind of, at least in my opinion, with what they look like, where if they peak, I'd go, they, they could make a run in the NFC playoffs. I think there's enough talent and, and real difference makers on their roster to do that type of thing. I don't think the Buccaneers want to see him again. You know, I would. The Buccaneers got yep. everything they can handle right. from Washington on that that Saturday night game to start the postseason. All right, we're going to take a break. The Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown continues with a second-year quarterback who has been set up for success, a.k.a. no excuses in year two. More PFT Live right after this.
All right, the Chris Sims quarterback countdown continues with more being revealed. We got up to Marcus Mariota yesterday. That means 35, Tyrod Taylor, 34, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Let's start with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Interesting career for him. Right. He had his moment with the Buffalo Bills, and I remember when he became a free agent after four years of backing up Joe Flacco in Denver. Right. No, not in Denver, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Denver wanted him. Denver wanted him. Gary Kubiak wanted him. Gary Kubiak had the history with him in Baltimore because Kubiak was there in between coaching stints with the Texans right. and the Broncos. Tyrod Taylor picked the Bills, became a starter, won a playoff game. Or no, got to the playoffs, didn't win a playoff game. Right. Didn't win a playoff no, game. No, I think they got won. The they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in a wild card playoff game, didn't they? I thought I thought they oh, lost no. to the Jaguars. You know what they lost? That was You're the right. It was Jaguars like a 10-7. You're, right. yeah, You're right. Or 13-7. You're right. You're right. 10-3, yep. I think it was. Yep. But uh, – but since then, it's been, you know, the, the starter in Cleveland until he got injured. Yep. Started with the Chargers until he got injured. And now, if Deshaun Watson's not there in Houston, Tyrod Taylor's the top guy on the depth chart. Yeah. Period. Yeah, that's Until right. Davis Mills, until he gets injured, until Dr. Needle comes walking into the locker room and Davis Mills ends up being the quarterback. Well, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, a lot like Case Keenum, he's the ultimate backup quarterback. He's as good as about you're going to find out there you know, in the NFL as far as a guy that can come off the bench, doesn't ever seem to blink an eye, you know, has got just ice-cold water in his veins that way. Plus, he's got some, you know, uh, some things that are really awesome about his game. You know, his arm is big time. His athletic ability is pretty damn good with his ability to throw on the run, get out of the pocket, do things like that. So that's where Tyrod Taylor and the value of him as a football player is, is one Oh, our starter's down. Wait, we got one of the best backups in football. And two, like we're seeing this year, he can be that, you know, bridge gap type of quarterback for a team that's looking for somebody for the future. And who knows, maybe in the process has enough talent to maybe really hunker down and take control of a starting job. That, that's to me. And, you know, I said this last year. You know, and, and that's where it stinks for Tyrod Taylor because maybe he could have answered these questions if Dr. Needle didn't screw his ear over last year. But the fact that, and I, I don't know if you remember this, the number one negative about Tyrod Taylor, in my opinion, is lack of aggressiveness, lack of not always taking advantage of everything that's there to be had in an offense, all the yards, all the big pass plays. He can be way too overly conservative. And that's why he's gotten to places and they're always like, uh, we think we can do better. We think we can do better because he's got the talent to be a really good quarterback, but he plays the position like a, man, a game manager, Mike, if that makes sense. And that's why he falls at number 35 here for me. He's probably got more talent than, than the 35th quarterback in football. Yeah, look, I agree. It's just one of these things where sometimes circumstances conspire to keep a guy no from doubt. reaching right. the full potential. And he's just been in these spots. And he had to have groaned a little bit when he saw that they drafted Davis Mills yeah. because it was setting up for Tyrod Taylor. And it still is. There's no guarantee Davis Mills is going to be ready to go. He's a third-round pick, and they got to develop him. But And it's not the same as having a top six Exactly. Pick. Or behind you pick. like it was right. with the Chargers and the number one overall pick a couple years before that with the Browns. So he's he's going to get a chance. Yes. And now, who knows what the Texans are going to be this year, but you know what? As expectations go, they're as low as they can be when the 
betting lines came out. Westgate had the betting lines for every single regular season game, all 272 of them, and the Texans were not favored to win a single game. So the bar is low. Anything Tyrod Taylor manages to do is going to be viewed as exceeding expectations for the Texans. Yes. Great leader. You know, kind the kind of guy that, you know, I, I think can handle all the circumstances around this situation with the Houston Texans. And, Mike, I think your point, too, with, you know, who's there behind them is a little different. You know, like you said, oh, Baker Mayfield, Justin Herbert, hey, I'm the starter. Yeah, I'm Tyrod Taylor. I'm the starter. But it's like we always talk about. When you have guys like that behind you who are – physically better than you and have a stronger arm and things like that the guy you know guys walk in the locker room every day going yeah Tyrod was good you see Baker's throw today did you see Justin Herbert throw those lasers around the field he's not going to have that this year so that's going to be a positive for him Davis Mills is good he's polished but he has no elite physical attribute that guys are going to walk in the locker room and go whoa did you see that today you know, so that's where it's a good thing for Tyrod Taylor to where maybe he can really hunker down and be the starting quarterback for this football team. But he can handle all these situations. Like you said, he's a playoff quarterback. He's not a superstar, but there's a lot of good things he does in his game, and you know where I'd like to see him get better. From Tyrod Taylor to Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Tua up from number 40 in 2020, now number 34 on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. You know, some would look at this and say, what, what's he done to climb six spots? So I'll ask you that question. Sure. What's he done to climb six spots? Well, you know, it's it's another year in the NFL. He won some football games. He's got experience. And, you know, for most of the people that he's in, in front of, other than maybe a Tyrod Taylor or Case Keenum, he does have more experience that way. You know, and Tua, yeah, there's things I'd like to see him be physically better at. You know, he's got a good arm like we talked about, but it's not a great arm. There's no doubt about that. He's a good athlete. He's not a great athlete. But he does have presence and charisma and knows how to lead a football team and do those type of things too. And we saw growth throughout the year. But, yeah, he's 34, and I can't put him in the top 32 yet because I don't know about Tua totally yet. I don't. You know, there's a lot of things and intangibles I like about his game and what he does. He knows how to play the game. You know, he did get a little bit more aggressive throwing the football as the year went on. But just like the guy we just talked about, you know, a a minute ago in Tyrod Taylor, that's a part of the game that Tua's got to go up. That's the reason Ryan Fitzpatrick was brought in so many times. They didn't run different plays with Fitzpatrick when he came in. Fitzpatrick just had a more aggressive attitude and didn't leave some of the plays and throws and yards on the field that we talk about that's so important to make an offense successful. So I'm expecting big growth out of Tua. I am. And he still did do some good things last year. Even though it wasn't top five of the draft type good things, it was enough good for me to move him up and feel at least a little bit better about what what we saw as compared to going into last year. And and look, there was speculation – they would yes. target a quarterback in round one when they had the sixth pick, when they had the third pick. Right. You know, could they do something along those lines? And the Deshaun Watson stuff is still there in a way. Right. And 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 I think very few Dolphins fans would bristle, even those who have paid the full freight for the authentic Tua Tonga Vailoa jersey with the numbers stitched on that's like three hundred bucks. I, I think that they'd be okay with Deshaun Watson because even if Tua Tonga-Vailoa develops the way that they're all hoping he can, 
Still not Deshaun Watson. No, no way. And, and never will be. Line. He's not Deshaun no. Watson and never will be. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's, I think, the point. And, you know, all that chatter's real for all those people that don't think. It is real. Everything that, Mike, you just explained, we know that. Listen, and, and we know, too, that he didn't blow everybody out of the water there last year with what he did in practice. We talked about that. We heard comments from, you know, media people following the football team last year in training camp and early in the year where we heard chatter where they were like, yeah, guys weren't like, oh, my gosh, this guy's unbelievable. We got to get him out there. We heard that stuff with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and those type of and those type of guys who have come in and like wowed people from the get go where you're just like, remember, even Josh Allen, LaShawn McCoy was like, holy cow, this guy, he's got something. He's got he's got skills. Holy cow. He's got a rifle. None of that came out of Tua. So that can be underwhelming, especially when you're the number five pick of the draft. But I don't think that's his game anyways. His game is going to be about being a wheeler and dealer. He's slick in the pocket. He's got some different arm angles. He's got a good feel for the game. He's smart, and he understands how to play the game in totality uh, as far as seeing the big picture. That's what he proved to me last year, too. And I do expect more aggressive decision-making. And let's not forget, hey, he's got some talent around him this year going into the season. You know, last year, again, as critical as we can be, we could certainly sit here and go, they weren't the most weapon-filled offense in football. You know, they've done a lot to help him out to maybe accentuate some of those talents we've talked about, Mike, and, and see where it goes from there. Is it hard to evaluate a guy objectively and dispassionately when we just really like him? Isn't that hard? It, it, it's all hard. It really is. I, I, I try to do – I try to block it out. Yeah, I've been pinned as this big Tua hater. You know, just because we I had a guy, I know, but it, you couldn't tell anybody on social media that they think I have like a voodoo doll and I'm sticking needles in his eye, but because of where I've had him ranked and stuff like that, I do. I love the guy. It's the problem with this business. You can't say anything critical about football and then they think it's personal and that does bother me. And yes, I have to do a, a, a good job of blocking those things out. Now you're making me wonder who had the voodoo doll sticking needles in your spleen. <laughs> That's that. That is a could have been case multiple people. Be could have been lots let's, of people. Let's say uh, yeah, if if if, hey, if that day the fact that I'm still alive proves that the voodoo doll does not work. We're you're right. Take a break. We're gonna draft Julio Jones. Thanks, <laughs> Julio Jones. Destinations next on PFT Live. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yo, yo, Julio. Hey, man. Check this out, man. Hey, you see the message above right here, bro. Come on, bro. Come buy out with me, bro. Hey, you know I'm good for it. You know all them talks we be having, you know what I'm saying? Bro, you know I'm good for it, bro. You know I got your back, bro. Like, trust me, bro. If you want to carry the load, you can carry it. But if you get tired, you know definitely, you know I'll carry it, bro. Another thing, you know I'm not giving my number up. I said I would. I tried to get number one. They said I can't. So you're going to have to rock number eight. You already know all of this. But, hey, just come mess with your boy, man. Hey, real talk, man. Hey, we waiting on you over here. You say you want to win, right? We just need a couple more pieces. Hey, trust me. Hey, come vibe with me, man. That's AJ Brown making the case Ooh, baby. for Julio Jones to join the Tennessee Titans. And again, it's not up to him. But as you've said, Titans one of the teams that Julio Jones is looking at. Let's draft the teams where we think Julio Jones will be playing in 2021. A quick trivia question for Chris. Prior to 2020, Julio Jones had six straight seasons with 1,300 receiving yards, a streak that's tied for most in NFL history with what other receiver hint this receiver won a super bowl and made an all-decade team but he is yet to make it to the hall of fame wow okay so he's yet to make six it. straight 1300 yard seasons man six straight 1300 yard seasons so I'm, i want to lean on somebody from this 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 past decade but there there definitely could be somebody there in the 2000s that i'm not thinking of either oh man all right i'm gonna go with antonio brown even though i don't i don't yeah what would, would I help? Would I help if I told you? Well, he he hasn't. Won, well, he has won a Super Bowl now. Yeah, so that's uh, what kind of threw me off a little. Would would it, would it help if I say he has a jacked up finger? Oh, it was Tory Holt, huh? Yes. Damn it! I, I I thought of the Rams guys. I did. I'm not not gonna lie. That would have been my next guess. It would have. I just I wasn't a hundred percent sure there. Damn it! All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, I I'm gonna go with the Patriots. It yeah. just feels like that Bill Belichick just waiting for the right opportunity to pounce with an offer you can't refuse. You got five seconds to take it. Do it now. Take it now. Now, now, now. And he's going to end up getting Julio Jones. Yeah, I don't I don't see that as being crazy. I could see that. You know, and again, takes pressure off of Cam Newton, the offense in a lot of ways, and even for the future and Mac Jones. You know, if he's going to take over two years from now, you got that type of thing. But Julio Jones is a difference maker. And, yeah, the Patriots are – they're all in, so I, I wouldn't be shocked with that. I'll go with the Tennessee Titans as my first one. I think there's a real need there. I think there's a real fit as far as just like, hey, the, his style of play, how it's going to fit that offense there in Tennessee. He is similar to A.J. Brown. They would have the all-muscle team, that's for sure. I mean, pecs and biceps and you know six-packs and everything like that. I mean, that's freak show central right there between those two guys. But I think it makes a lot of sense. And, of course, the Titans are a very good football team. Certainly can be in that Super Bowl conversation, and this would help that, help that out a lot with Julio. A.J. Brown said that Julio Jones would have to change his number, that he's not giving up number 11. I have a feeling that if Julio wants number 11 and he ends up with the Titans, rock, paper, scissors, I think Julio is going to get number 11. And, and I think A.J. Brown probably knows that deep down if that's how it goes down. All right, next one for me, and this is a team that we've talked about a few times, and I could see – Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, being willing to do it on his terms. On his terms. It would require the Patriots to not be 
seriously interested. The Titans to not be seriously interested because if he can steal Julio Jones, Chris Ballard will, and Julio Jones would become a member of the Colts. Yeah, I I uh, I, I hear you there. I do. I mean that that's a good one. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, for for the Indianapolis Colts, I really do. I mean, they're uh, as we've talked about, really good football team, have it all. I think the big thing is just like one more difference maker maybe on either side of the ball, and I think they're hoping they got that with the quitty pay draft pick in the first round, and now if they could get one guy on the offense just to be a little bit of a, a pressure taker offer type guy, uh, that would make sense. So that's a good pick by you all the way. I'm with you with the Colts. I, I In fact, I would think they're maybe you know in the leader house as far as uh, – teams that'd be looking for him <laughs> did, did you just say leader house to throw me off the scent of pressure taker offer Is that no why you no did that? i threw leader out leader house out there to be funny pressure taker offer i couldn't think of a proper thing so i just added the <laughs> er to the end okay i don't know i couldn't think of it all right so all right now this is where it gets a little nitty-gritty here i, I mean for sake of the draft and fun, I mean, of course, I'm going to say Green Bay. I mean, that's what I want. I don't know if it's very realistic at this point, but like you've said, it's a great way to mend fences there with Aaron Rodgers and maybe, you know, get him to feel a little bit better. Uh, and again, yeah, they're a team that's legit. And they are one of those teams like the Colts we just talked about where I just want to go. It, it just can't always be Rodgers having to throw the perfect ball into a tight window, you know, 12, 14 yards down the field. Just every now and then you'd like to see, can he throw a slant and the guy break a big play or just have a go route and the guy can beat the guy deep down the field and we can throw it to him? You know, that doesn't exist there in Green Bay. So uh, I'll say Julio to Green Bay for my second one. Yeah, and, 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 and I agree with you. It's unrealistic because I don't think the Packers are going to do it. Yeah. They, they created some cap space today by restructuring some guy's contract. Not nearly enough, not even close to what they're going to need. They're going to need to do Rodgers and Devontae Adams' contracts to create the cap space necessary to trade for Julio Jones. I don't think they're inclined to do it. My next team, I don't think they're inclined to do it either, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Seahawks because, hey. I Russell, thought about it, yeah. You, you want to have some say? And he's been politicking for guys like Antonio Brown, and he wanted Josh Gordon. And, hey, Julio Jones with Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, good Lord. You want the offense to run through Russell Wilson? You give him Julio Jones, the offense is running through Russell Wilson. They won't do it, but if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to think of how I can get someone's attention and say to them, hey, you want to make me happy? You want me to be here? This is the kind of stuff you need to be doing, guys. Oh, that that would be uh, that would be fun to watch. I mean, I would think they're going to be a big, like, three-receiver team, you know, with the, the offensive coordinator coming from the Rams. That's what they do. So I, th I, they did cross my mind. They did. In a similar situation like you talk, we talk about with Rodgers. It could be a way to maybe it soothes over Russell Wilson, and he's like, okay, hey, the hell with it. I'll stay here. Um, all right, last one here. And I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I am going with Baltimore. I think they're still even even after they drafted a guy yeah, around one. I'm still going to go with it. I am. You know, I just he's he is a rookie. They're in the Super Bowl window right now. We know they can run the football. You add a guy with Julio and Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman. Wow, that's going to put some people in some binds as far as what to do and how to defend Lamar Jackson in that offense. So. Uh, I'll throw that out there. Again, I don't know if that's really realistic. We haven't heard a ton of teams that are associated with getting in the mix with Julio Jones, but I could see them maybe being one of those teams that does that. 
Yeah, I agree with you, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Next Wednesday is when it can be official, but anytime between now and then we can hear that it's uh, going down as of next Wednesday. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Report emerged this morning from Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports regarding the reaction to the Julio Jones phone call that was made by Shannon Sharp while FS1's Undisputed was on the air. Chris, it not only confirms your information that Julio had no idea he was on the air, but it delves into the problems that this is causing. And uh, uh, it's a mess, to say the least. The Falcons aren't happy. Of course. Julio Jones' agents aren't happy. Right. And Fox has got to figure out how to work its way out of this box. And there is, although the chances of it are very slim, there is a technical legal violation because California is what they call a two-party state. Oh. Both parties to a phone call have to consent right. to someone else listening to the call. So for the same reasons, Shannon Sharp couldn't record that call. He can't broadcast that call without the other person consenting. Yeah, wow. That, that's yeah, that's an issue. Well, I know. You know, I mean, it's it's Fox can't be happy if this is the truth and everything like that. You know, it's the, the NFL is a big partner for them, so that causes issues there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't think I was wrong with my source, and we'll see where this goes. We'll keep following that story. That's it for today's PFT Live. See you back here again on Thursday. See or Friday for The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.